1: I'm a nerd,
0: and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise
2: and shine, nerds!
0: Welcome to episode 418 of the Back Row Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt. The station manager got a little ghosty there, didn't it? Radio past- <laughs> I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm 18 years saved, 16 years married, 11 years recovered, 7 years a father, and 36 years a nerd. Mo just hurt herself.
2: I just cut myself with my own fingernail. <laughs> and I'm Mo. A lot of things wrapped up in one small but held package, your very own casserole of a co-host, doing my best to bring the best. But one thing I'm not is good at math... And controlling my fingernails.
0: <laughs> Most bleeding into that casserole right now. <laughs> Don't eat that casserole. <laughs> today on the show, does simulation theory provide a path to God for the unbeliever?
2: Also on the show today, Matt and I go head to head in a game for the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot Today's this Today's my today. day. Today's the day, and all of a sudden I feel tons of pressure. Months
0: and today is the day, everybody. I feel all the pressure, and I know, I know the chat is going to go against. Already, Orioles in the chat saying Mo's going to win again, but I don't. I'm not buying it today. Oh. Today's my day, but today is also. Wednesday, November 10th, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. Hold up.
2: Can I just say that it's already November 10th?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is happening here? Where is the time going?
2: I really, like, oh, okay, so here we go. Here we go. Here we go.
0: Again. So, <laughs> here we go. Here
2: we go. All
0: right. Listen. Go again.
2: All right. What's my weakness? Man? Come on,
0: go, go, come on, go, go.
2: <laughs> All right. So I really had a moment this past week where I was sitting there thinking, "Is there someone?" You
0: gotta really not pause after you say that because I wanted to jump in. Oh, first time. <laughs>
2: Where I was sitting uh, there thinking,
0: oh, <laughs> you already hit me there this week. <laughs>
2: <sighs> is there somebody somewhere controlling like all the clocks? Like there's a master clock, and they're controlling all the clocks. And when we're not looking, like they move it up ahead, <laughs> and time truly is going by faster.
0: If we're w- in a simulation,
2: I know. <laughs> That really, like, that went through my mind as I sat there thinking, like, man, I feel like we. Man,
0: where'd this day go? I know.
2: <laughs> I really do. Is am I insane?
0: Yeah, because uh, perception of time is 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 relative. Because the other day, I, <laughs> the other day, we were driving home. From uh, the, we went to the circus. I forgot to even say this on Monday. We went to the circus. Oh, awesome. uh Went to the circus here, and we was were it driving good? home. It was great. Awesome. That morning, we had gone, and uh, our father in law has, has uh, gifted us uh, the minivan that they used to need, that they don't really need now. And so we did that. We just switched over the titles that morning. As we were driving home from the circus, I'm like, was it just today that we did that? It feels like four days ago. Like so much has happened today. And so it can't both be going so fast and dragging on to where it feels like four days. Um, <laughs>
2: I mean, I guess. I guess. I don't know, though. I'm like, listen. This listen, whole week
0: has just messed you up.
2: Listen, for just a second. <laughs> we have five weeks of instruction in mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. for the 2021 mm-hmm. year. Five weeks. I he... It was just August. Really? We just started. Oh? I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway. All right. Uh, the holidays for today. <laughs> it's <laughs> National Vanilla Cupcake Day.
0: Mo just had a moment. She had to get through it, guys. I it's really, okay, but we're back. We're
2: sometimes, back you here. know, that happens. <laughs> There's a reason that it's called the moment.
0: Vanilla Cupcake Day, the most boring and plain of all cupcakes. It's but basic. sometimes... Sometimes the most delicious. Yeah. I like to put mine in the refrigerator and then eat them cold.
2: It's great. Okay. So I know Rev Kev is listening. He's on Twitch right now. At least he was a few minutes ago. Um, Hopefully, Ka- nope, never mind. Kara is in. Another state or another town right now. Never mind. Okay. What's going on? The sorry. House? sorry. 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 <laughs> sorry. 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 Anyway, so we were talking. I told you that we started watching the Christmas Bake Off challenge. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there was a cupcake one and there's like all these crazy over the top elaborate cupcakes and Chris is like, you know, I got to say. The best cupcake is still, hands down, and I jumped on it before he could say it, Kara's Cupcakes. <laughs> hands down.
0: Oh, S- there he is. Gavin Kevin. Still yep.
2: the best cupcakes <laughs> ever. They're pretty Can't, good. Well, and Canon was all like, well, I like the ones from Silo District, you know, in Waco. <laughs> uh, mm, They're all
0: right.
2: Kara's. Kara's Cupcakes. Kara's
0: pretty good. Kara's uh-huh. Strawberry Cupcakes were... Crazy.
2: Okay, but for my birthday, she made lemon drop cupcakes.
0: Oh, man, I'm so jealous I never uh-huh. had those.
2: They, oh. <laughs> okay.
1: It's
0: also, all right?
2: Oh, yeah, and it's Sesame Street Day.
0: Sesame Street used to be cool.
2: You know, it was supposed to be 123 Avenue B before they actually nailed down. Sesame Street No,
0: I did not know that,
2: yeah, but that is an actual address in New York City, yeah, so they couldn't
0: can you tell me
2: how, how to, to get how to get to sesame street
0: um so they I don't remember who brought this up, but I do know that uh recently they brought in a character, you know every now and then they do that episode where there's like this outside character that has a problem in it right. that's going on, and they did an episode on a homeless character. And the whole episode was about, you know, helping him get back up on his feet and all this kind of stuff. And meanwhile, <laughs> the, whoever said this joke, I don't remember who it was, but they're, they're talking about, they did all that, and Oscar the Grouch has been living in that trash can since the show premiered. <laughs> <laughs> they ever think about doing that for Oscar? <laughs> and that's that's what the, what you get. If you're mean, you don't get the help, guys. That's just how it goes. I mean... Be nice. <laughs> And Then Elmo came along and stole the show. Elmo. Straight up stole it. Elmo just went nuts. Big Bird was supposed to be mm-hmm. the big deal. And he was for the longest time. Uh, Snuffleupagus was supposed to be imaginary. He's my favorite. He's supposed to be imaginary, but then they got uh, concerned. Uh-huh. that huh <laughs> They'd be making kids uh, crazy.
2: Well, they got—they thought that kids would get the message that parents or adults didn't care what kids had to say, yeah, and that they didn't believe them, right? So they had to have a whole episode where Snuffy is visible to everyone except not <laughs> Er, not just Big
0: Bird, right? So, so that yeah. was interesting. Uh, Bert and Ernie always just been platonic friends guys doesn't yeah. matter what There's anybody's nothing ever said more there. never been the case exactly there was that whole controversy I think it was last year or the year before where somebody that worked on the show was like no they're totally no they're not they're not a couple yeah. yes they never have been yeah they're best buddies that's it uh-huh. super Grover heck yeah um Oh, I want to do the voice, but I'm afraid I'm not going to get it right the first time. They have a, We have a book, uh, The Monster at the End of this book, one yes. of the classics, yes. uh, Sesame Street books, uh-huh. uh, and I have to read it in the voice of Grover, and I do pretty good. It takes me a couple pages to hit it right, yeah. but they don't notice. Yeah. But then on the occasion that my wife has to put them to bed, the rare occasion they pick that book for her to read, they make her try and do the voice, and it's awful. <laughs>
2: You're, you're awful. No, Don't no, throw a D no, under no, no, the no, bus no, no, like no, no. that.
0: She says it's awful <laughs> because they make her stop.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, okay, mom, that's enough. That's enough. You could just read it. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, poor Deidre. <laughs> Hello, everybody.
0: Yep, there we go.
2: Sesame Street really... It's a classic. (laughs) It's a classic.
0: I had, okay, KY says, I had nightmares about one character that scared me every time he was on Sesame Street, so my mom had me write him a letter, and they read it on Sesame Street and he changed? What? What? I need more information. Right? Was it the count? One angry letter. Ah, ah, ah.
2: That is, there was a time (laughs) where he was a lot more mean.
0: I want to know if it was a count.
2: Yeah, who was it? <laughs> KY, who was it?
0: You can't just have this story and not tell us which character. right? And you have to remember, right? Yeah. Because you say still creeps me out. So which one? Who is
2: it? I needs to know. I needs to know. How long does it take to type a name? <laughs>
0: the oh. way. Don Music. Always got frustrated and slammed his own head into the piano. Oh, okay. And they stopped him expressing himself that way. Okay. Okay. I remember that character and I remember him slamming his head in the piano. That's interesting. You changed society. K-Y. Look at
2: you. Yeah. Dang. Just,
0: just taking names.
2: That's like <laughs> famous level status right there.
0: KY is from the street. Sesame Street. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, we usually tackle a. a Topic that could be a bigger show, but we're not going to make it a bigger show. Uh, And today we're going to talk about Facebook says they're shutting down their program that automatically identifies people in photos using facial recognition and deleting all of their files that they've taken so far, which has been a lot. Because this has been going on for years. I'm going to say a decade or more at this point. The facial recognition thing to where it can pin you in photos that you yes. didn't even post.
2: Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I hate. I hate. <laughs> because the one it always pins me in, or the ones it always pins me in, is ones that I don't want myself
0: pinned in. Right. Like, <laughs> if I wanted to be there, I'd pin myself. Thank you. Exactly. Tag, tag myself. The most there we go.
2: unflattering <laughs> pictures of me ever. You know, and on top of that... I also know someone else who's going to be incredibly happy about this. Hmm. My sister-in-law, April, for years, for some reason, Facebook has always tagged her in pictures of our mother-in-law or tagged our mother-in-law in in her pictures. Hmm. And, you know, for a while it was like this weird, like, why is it doing this? They don't look anything alike. My mother-in-law was blonde and my sister-in-law april is a brunette they look nothing alike we could never figure out why it was happening but then especially after my mother-in-law passed away april was like how do i get facebook to stop doing this i don't want it to keep tagging
0: okay i'm pretty sure i know what happened because that happened to me too i don't remember who it was but someone else in my family that we don't look anything alike that kept happening to us as well yeah like, why did I, This person's not even actually blood related to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's because in one photo in the past where we were in the same photo together, my mother had accidentally reversed the tags on ah. us because it was asking who's this person. And so it had at least one reference where... My face was his name, and his face was my name, and so it kept happening until I found that picture, and I fixed it, and then it never happened again. so I bet there's one family photo or something in the Somewhere past that that is incorrectly the tags tagged. got swapped yeah, uh, and that's caused that issue, yeah, so yeah, but yeah, now it's not a problem anymore yeah. they're gonna they're gonna, yeah, it's been over a decade, and uh they're doing it mainly because. People are feeling less and less secure about their privacy, which I don't understand why. What's going on in the last couple of years? It makes us feel like we're not in control of our own lives. Jerome Pacente, vice president of artificial intelligence at Facebook, announced the change in a blog post last Tuesday, citing the technology's possible negative effects as well as regulatory uncertainty as reasons behind the decision. He said, uh, there are many concerns about the place of facial recognition technology in society, and regulators
1: Regulators!
0: are are still (laughs) in the process of providing a clear set of rules governing its use. Yeah, good to come to that realization 10 years later. Amid this ongoing uncertainty, we believe that limiting the use of facial recognition to to a narrow set of use cases uh, is appropriate. So, yeah. Uh, This also comes, of course, on the tail end of facebook being just in the public eye and all the wrong reasons why uh (laughs) everybody's kind of upset with facebook especially politically like republicans and democrats both are upset with facebook right now so they they get i mean they get a lot of traction politically and so they want to make some people happy and uh, yeah, that's what they're going to do. So Facebook, it says Facebook will delete the facial scans of over one billion people uh, or nearly one-third of its users ba- user base as part of the changes. The company will no longer automatically recognize people's faces in Facebook memories, photos, or videos, and it will no longer automatically suggest tags based on facial recognition. Well. So. Good. Good on them.
2: For them. I still have to go and back up my pictures somewhere, because yes, I keep forgetting to do that.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, I got the Metaverse coming out soon, which uh, is one step towards the Matrix, guys. I mean, it's we're, we're it's it's happening. Here we go. We talked about it. It's coming. Here we go. But uh, <laughs> let's take a break here. When we come back, uh, I'm back once again to battle for the championship.
2: Yeah, you're probably going to win it this time. Stick around.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So I'm currently at a pastor's conference in Greensboro, North Carolina. Me and some other pastors from my staff are here, along with what feels like 43 million other church leaders. And I'm in this city for three days. So something I like to do when I'm going out into other cities is to actually bring copies of my books and stickers and stuff like that. And basically just hide them throughout the city, put it on social media, say, here's where the book is, you can go get it, and it's yours if you find it. I've done it at several cities throughout my state and some other states as well, and I really like doing it. It's just fun, it's a cool chance that if people actually read my books and I'm showing up in their area, it's a cool opportunity to kind of interact with them. But also, sometimes people that I don't even know find them, and you know, it's a cool experience that way. And so one of the pastors that I know was with me last night when I was hiding one and posting it and stuff like that. And he's like, what if somebody that you don't know finds it? How do you know that you're actually doing something worthwhile with this? And the reality is, I have no idea who's going to find these things. Sometimes people find them instantly. Sometimes, you know, I never know if they're found. But that shouldn't stop me from actually trying to put it out there. And, you know, it reminded me of this parable that Jesus tells in Matthew 13. He tells this parable about what it's like to throw out seeds and the different soil that it lands on and the different effects the soil and weeds and stuff have. It's a long parable and there's a long explanation. But in Matthew 13, he really just goes into this. And in the end of the verse 23, Matthew 13, 23, he's summing it up as he's explaining it to the disciples and he says, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. And the reality is if we wait around to only sow seed where we're guaranteed to see good fruit come from it, we'll never sow seed because that's not how seed works. Me hiding some books in a city isn't going to, like, save the world, but it's a seed. Having a conversation that might be awkward is a seed. The reality is God wants us to be faithful to throw seeds and let him do the harvest. Remember to catch Faith in Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on...
0: the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Mads. And I'm Mo. And we've changed things up, including what we record live on Twitch. Each week, we record our shows Friday and Saturday before with our friends on Twitch. Follow us on twitch.tv slash LTN on air. And I, truthfully, we say we've changed things up, but that's been, it's been several months since that change has happened. So if you haven't done it yet, right now, twitch.tv slash ltn on air. Go follow us so you'll be notified when we go live and you can join in on the show as we record them and interact with us. And you can join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com. Or after the show discussion, and even opportunities to be on the show live with us. Why wouldn't you want to do this? Uh, I don't know. Come on, we're fun. We're fun people, do what we say.
2: And we're hip.
0: Before we go any further. <laughs> It's time for most Fact of the Day.
2: (laughs) Given Sesame Street's nearly half century of popularity, it's hardly surprising to learn that Sesame Street has racked up dozens of awards over the years. So far, it's earned nearly 200 Emmys, 11 Grammys, and several Peabody Awards, and shows no signs of stopping anytime soon. All right. Yep. All right. all right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. All right. No. That's how I uh, knew all those random facts about Sesame Street earlier. When I'm
0: realizing it. that I'm glad I didn't accidentally say your random fact.
2: <laughs> well, I had to come up with an obscure one because
0: yeah.
2: I kind of felt like we were going to talk about some characters. Smart. And, Smart. Uh, yeah, I kind of know a thing or two.
0: Matt stresses me out. Why does Matt stress you out, Kayla? Oh, dang. <laughs> That's rude. Where did that come from? <laughs> Uh, Oriol Jades says, uh, "Even Carolyn the Christian says you guys are fun. Right, man, that was a that was a great interview. If that was our last ever show,
2: we we went out on we would have been happy. Yeah, Yeah. I mean that was so good,
0: so good. Okay, I
2: I gotta. I feel a lot of pressure though, like moving on from there, like."
0: This this week's show is just going to stink. I mean, <laughs> if we got
2: any new listeners last week, and then they listen this week, they're going to be like, wait, is this what it's like all the time?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. kind of. Well, it's time for me and Mo to go head-to-head in the game, and uh, today is my latest chance to earn back the Undisputed Backhoe Championship title belt. Last week, I beat Mo in a new game called Endless Quiz, which just brings up random multiple-choice questions, and this week... We get to take on this game again. And if I win, I'm the new champ. And if I lose, Mo extends her streak. But uh, it's been so long. For those of you watching on Twitch, you can see in the little corner of Mo's camera, there's that little title belt in the corner. It has been there Since forever. The
2: beginning of I time. have
0: never had it on my forever. side <laughs> of the screen. And since we've been doing these live streams with this this overlay, which has been most of this year, I have not had this title belt, so I need uh,
2: it. You got a pen and paper to, oh, yes. to keep the yes. I, I do. Oriole
0: the is scurr. in
2: our, is in our, you are not allowed <laughs> to do that. If you can't, if I can't do it, you can't do it. Um, uh, Oriel is in the chat and he's going to help keep score.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: All right. Which are you ready? Are you ready?
0: Yes. Bum, 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 We're doing seven, eight, right? Eight. right? Yeah. Seven. Seven.
2: Seven. Ready? Which color surface reflects all incoming light wavelengths? Black, green, white, or blue?
0: Which color surface reflects
2: all incoming light wavelengths? Say them again. Black, green, white, or blue? White. Correct. In which sport is interrupted play resumed with a scrum? Baseball, ice hockey, rugby, or water polo? With
0: a scrum. A scrum. Read the question one more time.
2: In which sport is interrupted play resumed with a scrum? Hockey. Incorrect, it was rugby. Dang, it And I knew that from a friend's reference. Shoot. Yes, thank you, Ross. Shoot. All right. Unlike lice, fleas can jump, enter the bloodstream, change their color, or eat mice. Jump. Correct.
0: Yes, I knew that one.
2: In what continent can we find Myanmar? South America? Myanmar. So you know the answer. I don't. South America. Africa, Europe, or Asia?
0: Okay, it's. I think it's either South America or Africa. Myanmar, Myanmar. Oh, man, I'm split between those two. Hmm. South America. Wrong. Of Africa. It's Asia. Oh, okay. Well, then I feel better because I would have gotten it wrong either way.
2: <laughs> what is the average speed of a car that travels 560 kilometers in seven hours? Okay, what is the I average fair, I know speed of a car is. that travels 560 kilometers in seven hours? 90 kilometers an hour, 60 kilometers an hour, 80 kilometers an hour, or 70 kilometers an hour?
0: Okay, What were the? what's the question one more time?
2: 560 kilometers in seven hours. What's the average speed if you travel 560 kilometers in seven hours? 90 oh, kilometers? No, 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 no. Oh, never mind,
0: sorry. Okay, hold on. All right, hold on, hold up. Hold up. Okay. I can get this, hold on. Play, play some music
2: here, you
0: got it. <laughs> uh, My brain is freezing up. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You told me to play music. I know.
2: I feel like there's got to be a timer.
0: Okay, what are the answers again?
2: Oh my gosh! <laughs> Ninety kilometers an hour, sixty kilometers an hour, eighty kilometers 80. an hour. Okay. How the heck did you get that?
0: It's really a basic math question. I just really had to think about it.
2: <laughs> the. Mm.
0: Oh, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> did you skip a question? No. Did you skip a question?
2: Which city was host to the tea party?
0: Boston. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Freaking cheater. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually did nine. Uh, last thing. okay, so we so can keep how, going. how many? So we've done six. All
2: right, which is part of the nervous system? Prostate, gallbladder, <laughs> cerebellum, or esophagus?
0: Cere... Esophagus
2: is not spelled the way that you would think it's spelled.
0: <laughs> cerebellum. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Prostate. <laughs> <laughs> You don't like that word? Just thinking about it as a part of the nervous system grosses me out.
2: <laughs> Which is a tick-borne disease? God.
0: Ah, quit I'm hitting our so table.
2: Over <laughs> you getting the easy questions. You give him all the easy ones. Hip-hop? Hip Hip-hop Anonymous?
0: <laughs> With tick-borne disease, come on.
2: Malaria, t- something fever, the plague, or Lyme disease?
0: Lyme disease. Yeah. I would have said malaria almost.
2: What is special about the claws of cheetahs? They are semi retractable, no dew claw, only three to- toes, or they're covered with subarin?
0: Subarin? Can I just read it? <laughs> 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 semi retractable, no dew claw, only three toes, are covered with subarin. Subarin? Subaru? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sure, that one. <laughs> no,
2: they're semi-retractable.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> All right, good grief. Okay, I got six out of nine, which is worse than I did last time. Last time I got eight. So,
2: my hand hurts
0: now. All right.
2: What is? <laughs> it's a hard one, huh? Well, what it a might way not be.
0: You might, you might have been there. I don't know. What is the largest river in Alaska? The Bering, or Beering, Yukon, Kuskokwim, or Kodiak?
2: I don't think the Bering is a river. You know, I'm, I'm really tapping into, what's that show on the Discovery Channel about the crabs? Where they...
0: And Deadliest Catch. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen it, I guess.
2: You should watch it. You should watch it.
0: <laughs> We're in a game right now. <laughs> Shut up.
2: Okay, what was the second and the last one?
0: Yukon and Kodiak.
2: <sighs> I'm going to go with Kodiak.
0: Yukon Cornelius. It's a Yukon. <laughs> ah, seriously? <laughs> According to the Big Bang theory, What was the state of the universe before the inflation of space? Was it amalgamation, granularity, singularity, or telencephalon?
2: Singularity. Correct! Hey!
0: <laughs> Which disease is not transmitted by mosquitoes? Malaria, Oops. AIDS, yellow fever, or dengue fever?
2: It's one of the fevers. Is it? Yeah. Is it? <laughs>
0: If what I had to choose it? a guest, I don't think it would <laughs> but well, but I'm now like um,
2: now I'm oh, <laughs> <yeesh, sheesh. Sheesh. laughs> I'm going with the dengue fever. It's AIDS? Is it? Okay. See, so I remember <laughs> like When we were in middle school and high school, everybody was like,
0: you can That was like a rumor, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so then the second that I was like, it's one of the fevers, and you said, is it? And I was like, wait. (laughs) I think that they proved that wrong. (laughs) But now I don't want to say that and be dumb.
0: (laughs) All right. A mongoose is a fish, a bird, a reptile, or a mammal.
2: Oh, okay. It's not a fish, and it's not a bird.
0: Well, it's got goose in the name. But I don't know if it's a reptile. Is it a mongoose or a woman goose? I don't know if it's a reptile or a (laughs) mammal. And
2: I always got reptile and amphibian mixed up.
0: Well, that's not enough.
2: What's the stinking difference? (laughs) Um,
0: One one is water based and the other's not. That's the
2: difference. Is it. I don't know. 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 Um, I'm going to say it's a mammal. Good job.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Ooh, I get to say some words here. Oh great. Women who breastfeed after giving birth have a longer period of leucorrhea, gonorrhea, amenorrhea or diarrhea. <laughs> One
2: okay, of the not gonorrhea or <laughs> diarrhea. What was the other one, amenorrhea?
0: Uh, amenorrhea and uh, le- leucorrhea.
2: <laughs> I feel like I should know this as a woman <laughs> who breastfed, but I don't know. I'm gonna say amenorrhea.
0: Correct. Okay. Okay, you're doing great. You're doing great. Three out of five so far. All right, You're, you're on par with me. We were at the exact same level. All right, what is affected by scoliosis? The muscles, the blood, the skin, or the spine? The spine. Good job. What does ice do in water? It floats, it sinks, it evaporates, or it becomes black. <laughs> it floats? <laughs> what the heck question <laughs> is that? That's the easiest question that's ever been asked of anybody on the planet. So I just want you to know right there, you've got the easiest question as ever been asked.
2: The Tea Party one was super easy.
0: I could have easily forgotten that it Whatever, was Whatever, no! But does ice float or turn black in water? Guys.
2: Well, okay, but for real, I had to like envision putting it in a glass. Does it sink or does it float?
0: It floats. How how many years have you been drinking water? (laughs) Thirty six. Admiral and monarch are types of which group of animals? Butterflies, bears, penguins, or seals? Uh, I don't know.
2: Butterflies. I
0: do know (laughs) you. I wasn't buying that for a second. You did. <laughs> <sighs> okay.
2: <laughs>
0: Forget this. I
2: might not know it. Forget I this might not nonsense. Know it. I might not know it.
0: This is now the easiest question again I'm that's like, ever been asked. I
2: might not know it.
0: Scarlet is a shade of what? Blue, green, gray, or red? Red. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna turn off my mic. <laughs> I am now convinced we live in a simulation and whoever's pushing the buttons loves, loves this game he's toying with me with.
2: Oh man. Okay. But listen, now you know exactly how I felt every time I went up against Kevin, every single time, every time. I'm sorry.
0: You only went up against Kevin four times.
2: It felt like 400.
0: I have gone up against you (laughs) every three weeks for the last year and have won the first game, which it used to just be one game. That's the challenge, not you have to earn your spot. But to prolong this, I added that rule. And now I really regret it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so, I can't Uh, finish the show without me. I'm uh, done. I'm going home. I can't. I can't. (laughs) I'm also sitting here wondering if the neighbor to the building heard that. And has called the (laughs) police.
2: We heard a man screaming from inside the church next to us. There are two cars parked outside, so we know that there are people in there.
0: I saw a woman go in. I think she might have murdered the man.
2: They're going (laughs) to come in, and I would be like, listen, I didn't do anything.
0: Nothing. And I'm going to be behind you going. Take
2: her away. Just search her. Just search her. You'll her. <laughs> it's That's not, not legal it's yet. It's not episode 420. Chill. That's not legal yet. The rest Oh her. man. <laughs> wow.
0: I'm just forget it, man. Forget it. No more games. Games. Game sections canceled. No. Never doing it again. I'm gonna throw the title belt in the trash. We're no.
2: done. No. <laughs>
0: Let's take another quick break.
2: Uh, When we come back, we go through several rising secular theories about our reality that could point toward a creator or line up with biblical accounts.
0: Stick around. This week in nerd history broken windows Microsoft Windows 11, which is actually the 13th or 14th version of Windows, depending on how you define a version, is rolling out worldwide right now to fairly positive reviews. But when Bill Gates announced and showcased Windows 1.0 on November 10th, 1983, there is no way any of us could have predicted the changes the next four decades would bring to the PC. Requiring two floppy disk drives and 192 kilobytes of RAM, Microsoft described the software as a device driver for MS. DOS 2.0. By supporting cooperative multitasking and tiled Windows while using well-behaved applications that only use DOS system calls, and permitting non-well-behaved applications to run in a full screen, Windows differed from other operating systems that could only do one thing at a time. Microsoft planned to encourage other companies, including competitors, to develop programs for Windows by not requiring a Microsoft user interface in their applications. In an attempt to de-emphasize the multitasking aspect, the company stated that that Windows purpose unlike that of top view from IBM was to turn the computer into a graphics rich environment while using less memory while originally promised release in April of 1984 it wasn't until November of 1985 that Windows 1.01 saw its first retail release and well, it bombed. Most critics consider the platform to have future potential, but that Windows 1.0 had not fulfilled expectations. Many reviews criticize its demanding system requirements, especially noting the poor performance experienced while running multiple applications at once. The New York Times compared the performance of Windows on a system with 512 kilobytes of RAM, more than double what was required, to pouring molasses in the Arctic. They also claimed the design was inflexible for keyboard users as Windows encouraged the use of a mouse for navigation, a relatively new concept at the time that many deemed superfluous. If you want to understand how they felt at the time, just think back to what it was like when Windows 8 rolled out and you didn't have a touchscreen. It would be replaced by Windows 2.0 just two years later. Despite the negative reaction, there is no doubt it laid the groundwork for some of the best operating systems throughout the last 36 years and Windows 8, but we try to forget about that one. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt.
2: And I'm Mo. When today's show is over, make sure you check out lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, other podcasts and videos, and a lot more. And if you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Lovethynerd, even specifically with LTN Radio, please visit lovethynerd.com. You can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Lovethynerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible.
0: She's getting choked up. She just... (laughs) loves your donor so much. Thank you. Thank you. This week, we're talking about simulated reality. Not video games, but real life.
2: Matt's talking about it. I'm just trying to survive over here. (laughs) Up next, we're going to look at scientific theories about our reality and how many of them point to a creator or biblical account. I'm
0: freaking out, Jerry. Yeah. I'm freaking out. (laughs) Fact. So there are actually quite a lot of theories that have been brought up, and and we touched on a a few of them lightly in the last segment, Uh, but we're going to go over a few of these and just see how, when we we go through them, they kind of point to the idea of a creator or at least lining up with some of the biblical accounts of things that happened in in Genesis. So the first one we have up here is the laboratory theory, which uh, was what was brought up in a news story a couple weeks ago okay where the guy brought up hey, we we actually it's pretty likely that we're we're in a laboratory run by aliens and this is this goes along the same line with simulation theory which is this was created like everything everything seems to have this mathematic mathematical mathematical yeah Math. sure i'm i'm coining Why that not? phrase right now mathematical purpose to it that it had to have been created. And uh yeah, I mean that that of course obviously points to a creator. And we don't need to hype on it too much because we did talk about it a couple weeks ago. Um and we also talked about briefly in that discussion the hypercane theory. So the hypercane theory is essentially that first of all that hypercanes are possible, which are just gigantic hurricanes. But the theory arose that maybe the dinosaurs weren't killed by a comet. You know, maybe they were killed by a global flood caused by a massive amount of hypercanes hitting the planet all at once. Or there are some theories that, The comet hitting the planet caused the massive amount of hypercanes to hit the planet all at once. But in either case, massive amount of flooding, enough to shift the world from Pangea to where all the continents are today, instead of it being one big continent, now everywhere it is. And uh, as soon as I first heard that theory, I was like yeah, okay.
2: Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That seems like it makes sense. That seems like how they would write that based on what they were seeing at the time back in Genesis.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hypercane's, Uh, but anyway, that does point to a global flood and you know, there've been so many civilizations that were not Christian that were in different parts of the world that have the global flood as a part of their oral and even like hieroglyphs and whatever history like there's there's many accounts in different civilizations throughout history of a global flood of some kind why do we ignore that (laughs) it's the only reason that we're not assuming that that could have happened somehow some way because it's coming from a bible story Mm -hmm. and like when you think about it like you know how john wrote revelation and he's talking about the streets are paved with gold and the gates are made of pearl those are obviously him, looking at something with his human eyes, right, and trying to process and understand, and then describe them in the ways that he understands already, right. This very shimmery, whatever, you know, could could look like the uh, Asgard road or whatever, but he's just seeing a big shiny roll. And it's like it's like gold. It's shimmering, you know. Mm-hmm. He could look at it, the cla- the gates, and they might be clouds for all he knows, but they're like, they're all bulbous and white, like pearls, pearly gates. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, imagine that's how they wrote the account of the flood. It's like, oh yeah, well, God, God told all the angels to cry and everything flooded. That's how we're looking at it from a scientific perspective. Like there's no way that could have happened. Yeah. But then this theory pops up. Giant global flood caused by massive amounts of hypercanes that shifted the tectonic plate to the Earth and moved continents and killed all the dinosaurs. Uh, okay, so are we back on the same page or what are we doing here?
2: <laughs> are we still arguing?
0: Are we friends now? What's happening? Uh, all right, so let's move on to some of the newer stuff uh, that we have not discussed yet. First up is the fast-forming Earth theory. So this is an article from science daily and it says the precursor to our planet, the proto earth formed within a, this is of course based on, you know, evolutionary understanding formed, uh, In a time span of approximately 5 million years, shows a new study from the Center of Star and Planet Formation and the Globe Institute of the University of Copenhagen. On an astronomical scale, that is extremely fast, the researchers explain. If you compare the solar system's estimated 4.6 years of existence within a 24-hour period, then the new results indicate that the proto-Earth formed in what corresponds to about a minute and a half ago. So, if the entire uh, time that the solar system has existed is a 24-hour day, Earth has only existed for a minute and a half, as opposed to growing with the solar system, as is commonly thought, okay? (laughs) This, I mean, mean, I'm not not even going to go into more of this, you know, you can read how they explain that, and they're getting to that idea and how this is a growing theory, but that, again, implies a fast formed earth. Mm -hmm. Now they're stretching that out based on what they already understand as is common with these theories. They take their, their, uh, you know, their, their end hypothesis and then explain it around that. So I keep hitting the mic. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm moving my hands a lot. (laughs) I'm trying not to hit it. Um, but the idea that it formed in a, few million years, as opposed to a couple billion years, which is what the original thought is, Mm -hmm. that's a big difference. Yeah. That's a big difference. And how could what they thought everything happened over those billions of years occur in such a fast time? Again, implies that the process was on purpose. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. Next up, the Goldilocks theory. This one's interesting. Earth may be a one in 700 quintillion kind of place. And that's what the current estimates are for how many planets exist in the universe 700 quintillion. It's There's basically the, only eight. The Goldilocks theory, <laughs> the Goldilocks theory. Cheer about Pluto. That's messed
1: up. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
0: The Goldilocks theory essentially says what Christians already believe. Earth is the only place there can be life. Mm -hmm. At least life like we know it. Because it is perfectly situated, like we said in the last segment, perfectly situated in range with all the other planets, with the moon, with the sun, with the laws of physics, with the laws of gravity, with the laws of uh, mathematics, with the right amounts of carbon and hydrogen and all the other chemicals and elements in this world. And if one of these things was just slightly off, uh, even the tilt of the Earth itself and the axis that we're on, if one of these things was off by just a teensy bit This Earth would not still be around. There might have been enough time for life to, to quote unquote, evolve, but it wouldn't be hanging out like it is now. It wouldn't just still be going. It would have eventually collapsed on itself. We live in an insanely fine-tuned, perfect scenario. And therefore, it's very possible there are no other aliens, there is no other life, because we fit we won the lottery essentially the biggest worst odds lottery there's ever been or (laughs) again this was all on purpose (laughs) whether that be a simulation or god himself (laughs) but this is what was supposed to happen Mm -hmm. this is how god made things um (sighs) It's, it's, it really is that Earth is made just right for life. And so this is based on, it's called the Goldilocks theory because. Just right. Yeah, not too hot, not too cold, not too anything else. We're just right. And it's very difficult to get everything right like this. So much so, it's quite possible we are the only ones that have. So when you think about the theory of there has to be other, there has to be aliens, there has to be other planets like that, but then you realize the odds of how Earth would have come to form like this. It's just really easy now to say, no, there probably aren't any other
2: aliens. Right.
0: It probably is just us. <clears throat> we have the, uh, let's see, let's go through some of the list of what we have. This is a good list about it. So the right ingredients, a planet needs liquid water, an energy source, and chemical building blocks like carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, and nitrogen for, for the life forms we're familiar with to thrive. The right crust, gas giants, and molten worlds not need not apply. Luckily, Earth possesses the suitable distribution of elements to ensure a hot metallic core and a rocky mantle. The right temperature, the necessity for liquid water, also means that planetary temperatures must permit the substance to retain its liquid form in some regions. The right moon, our large moon ensures climate stability by minimizing changes in planetary tilt. If our planet didn't have a tilt, it wouldn't have seasons. Likewise, a severe tilt would result in extreme seasons. The right star. The sun provides Earth with the energy for life and is thankfully rather stable. Imagine baking a pot roast with an oven that might suddenly surge in temperature, die, or explode. It wouldn't work for your pot roast, and it certainly wouldn't work for life. The right core. Earth's solid inner core and liquid outer core play crucial roles in protecting life from deadly solar radiation. Differences in temperature and composition in the two cores, core regions drive the powerful dynamo, emitting Earth's protective electromagnetic field. The right neighbors... Jupiter shields earth from constant stellar bombardment without the gas giant in the neighborhood. Scientists predict that earth would endure 10,000 times as many asteroid and comet strikes. In short, earth contains all the ingredients and environmental necessities for life to emerge. Plus the relative safety for it to evolve unmolested for hundreds of millions of years on end.
2: I mean, when you list it out like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's not even all of it, but those right. are the biggest things.
2: Yeah. It's to find an argument against
0: <laughs> it. Right. And at the same time, how much has to be perfect for you to not think there's a perfect creator of it? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The The idea, one of, one of my favorite illustrations, I guess, that... That uh, we have for creation is like, you know, the earth forming the way it is is like going into a junkyard and blowing up a pile of debris. And that pile of debris makes a perfectly formed jetliner. That can fly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) uh, Mm oh. And look, look. And we'll, we'll talk about this a little at the end. I know there's a lot. Th- there's a lot than just circumstantial uh, jokes like that between the creationism and evolution debate. There's there's a lot of stuff that's probably intermixed, and a little bit of it's right here, and a little bit of it's right there. And like I said, a lot of that has to do with the fact that what's written in the Bible is written from kind of the perspective of how they understood what they were seeing or hearing to help us understand it. Mm -hmm. So there might be some of of it that's written one way that if we were to see it now, we would understand it a little bit differently. There's always got to be that room for error. And the same thing is true with evolution. I have been studying evolution, the current science for evolution, since I was in high school. Uh, Every few years, I have a deep dive into it. And every few years when I come back to it, a lot of it's changed. And we say that, you know, well, that's the scientific process. Okay, but how much do we have to have wrong over and over again before we're like, okay, well, let's look at some other theories, which is what is now starting to happen with all these different things here. <clears throat> so we also talked about simulation theory, of course, and uh, we talked all about we don't really have to go back into all of what that was about. But again, that does imply some sort of creator um, most religions have scriptures that contain some information. Uh, pardon me, information on the creation of the universe. Christianity, of course, is the first two chapters of the Bible. The Quran offers an Islamic concept of the topic. Uh, according to Bolstrom, though simulation argument, a technologically mature post-human civilization with enormous computing power could be our creator. Uh, in other words, if the theory is correct and we are inhabiting a simulation, these post-humans are like gods to us. They create our universe and the physical laws within us, within it. So again, the idea that we have these physical laws implies some sort of creator. Mm-hmm. So assume we're not a, civiliza- a civilization, we're just a creation. <laughs> They're just the one of us. But it's still true that this is a kind of simil- simulation because we were created and set forward on a path to see what happens next. Um, But this last one's very interesting. And this is a relatively new uh, experiment that is kind of throwing a kink in the idea of evolution itself. And it's called the Swedish Chickens. Okay. And so let me just read what this says. Uh, Where is it at? Where is it at? Sorry, they, they do a whole thing at the beginning that's not part of it. Oh, dang it. Give me a second. <laughs> All right. The Swedish chickens. There we go. Three years ago... Uh, actually, it's more than that now. This article is a few years old. Researchers led by a professor at the University of Linkoping in Sweden created a hen house that was specifically designed to make its chicken occupants feel stressed. The lighting was manipulated to make the rhythms of night and day unpredictable, so the chickens lost track of when to eat or roost. And unsurprisingly they showed a significant decrease in their ability to learn how to find food hidden in a maze because their entire reality was mixed up. Mm -hmm. The surprising part is what happened next. The chickens were moved back into the non-stressful environment where they conceived and hatched chicks who were raised without stress. And yet these chicks, too, demonstrated unexpectedly poor skills at finding food in a maze they appeared to have inherited a problem that had been inducted into their mothers through the environment. Further research established that the inherited change had altered the chick's gene expression, the way certain genes are turned on and off, bestowing any given animal with specific traits. The stress had affected the mother hens on a genetic level, and they had passed it on to their offspring. The Sweetest Chicken study was one of several recent breakthroughs in the youthful field of epigenetics, epigenetics, there we go, which primarily studies the epigenome, the productive package of proteins around which genetic material, strands of DNA, is wrapped. The epigenome plays a crucial role in determining which genes actually express themselves in the the creature's traits. In effect, it switches certain genes off and on and turns them up or down in intensity. It isn't news that the environment can alter the epigenome. What's news is that those changes can be inherited, And this doesn't, of course, apply only to chickens. Some of the most striking findings come from research involving humans. One study, again from Sweden, looked at the lifespans in Norrbotten, the country's northernmost province, where harvests are usually sparse but occasionally overflowing, meaning that historically, children sometimes grew up with wildly varying food intake from one year to the next. A single period of extreme overeating in the midst of the unusual short supply, researchers found could cause a man's grandsons to die an average of 32 years earlier than if his childhood food intake had been steadier your own eating patterns this implies may affect your grandchildren's lifespans years before your grandchildren or even your children are a twinkle in anybody's eye wow it might not be immediately obvious why this, is such, this has such a profound implication for evolution, but in the way it's genetically understood, the whole point of natural selection, the so-called modern synthesis of Darwin's theories with, with subsequent discoveries about genes, is its beautiful, breathtaking, devastating simplicity. In each generation, genes undergo random mutations, making offspring subtly different from their parents. Those mutations that enhance an organism's abilities to thrive and reproduce in its own particular environment will tend to spread through the populations, while those that make successful breeding less likely will eventually peter out. As years of best-selling books by Dawkins, Daniel Dennett, and others have seeped into the culture, we've come to understand that the awesome power of natural selection, frequently referred to as the best way in the history of science... The best idea, rather, in the history of science lies in the sheer elegance of the way which simple principles have uh, generated the unbelievably complexities of life. From two elementary notions, random mutation and filtering power of the environment have emerged over millennia. Such marvels as eyes, the wings of birds and the human brain. Things that are so deceivingly simple and yet amazingly complex. Yet epigenetics suggests that this isn't the whole story. If what happens to you during your lifetime, living in a stress-inducing henhouse, say, or overeating in Northern Sweden, can affect how your genes express themselves in future generations, the absolutely simple version of natural selection begins to look questionable. Rather than genes simply offering up a random smorgasbord of traits in each new generation, which then either proves suited or unsuited for the environment, it seems that the environment plays a role in creating those traits in future generations, if only in a short-term and reversible way. You begin to feel slightly sorry for the much-mocked pre-Darwinian zoologist Jean-Baptiste Lamarck, who whose own version of evolution held, most famously, that giraffes have long necks because their ancestors were obliged to browse for the leaves of trees and make the constant efforts to reach them. As a matter of natural history, he probably wasn't right about how giraffes' necks came to be so long, but Lamarck was scorned for, for a much more general apparent mistake, the idea that lifestyle might be able to influence heredity. Today... Any high school student knows that genes are passed on unchanged from parent to child and to the next generation and the next. Lifestyle cannot alter heredity, except now it turns out that it can. So to an outsider, this is mind-blowing. Since most of the history of life on Earth has been The history of microorganisms, the evidence for horizontal transfer suggests that a mainly Darwinian account of evolution may be only the latest version applicable to the most recent, much more complex forms of life. Perhaps before that, most evolution was based on horizontal exchange, which gives rise to a compelling philosophical puzzle. If a genome is what defines an organism, yet those organisms can swap genes freely, what does it even mean to draw a clear line between one organism and another? If the very concept of an organism in isolation is still valid at this level. In natural selection, we all know the fittest win out over their rivals. But what if you can't establish clear boundaries between rivals in the first place? So survival of the fittest, this whole idea that we've evolved because we've been the best, we've continued, we've continued to beat out over the, the ones that are evolving in the wrong direction, the ones that are, are mutating incorrectly, now appears to not actually be possible. Because how could we distinguish when those traits that make us less so are passed on generations before we existed. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, saying this is throwing a big wrench into the idea of evolution. Now, this yeah. is not a Christian uh, scientist or anything. This is this is still a very much we're still going to try and you know uh, prove this is evolution somehow. It's just a different version of evolution, and it goes on for for much more. And you can read it. We'll put the put all these links in the in the um, the page that we posts on the website for, with all of our links. But uh, it's just, it's, it's a constant moving target, apparently. I mean, everything is reframed constantly with the idea of the theory of evolution. And yet, we're being told over and over again that this is a fact. How can we call it a fact when the the facts behind the fact are continually changing?
2: Uh-huh. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Often, and in many cases, it feels like they're really, really reaching as far as they possibly can to prove there's no creator. There's no higher intelligence. There's no intelligent design. And it's getting more and more difficult for them to do that.
2: Well, it's just like this circle, you know, and the further that they reach thinking that they're
0: (laughs) getting away from it,
2: they're actually...
0: Driving back around, too. Yeah,
2: getting closer.
0: <laughs> but one of, the mo- one of the more interesting things, you know Scott Adams, the, uh, you know the cartoon strip Dilbert? hmm Scott, Scott Adams, uh, who, who drew that, wrote that, wrote a book where he made a whole bunch of wacky predictions, expecting eventually some of them to come true. hmm He wrote this several years ago. But one of his predictions is that evolution will be disproved in his lifetime. Now, he doesn't disagree with evolution, per se. But he believes that things have been changing so much and things have been discovered uh, at such a faster pace lately that what they thought originally was the case is different. And so they have to rethink everything again and reframe everything again that eventually we're going to reach the point where, you know what? This probably couldn't have happened. I'm interested to know if that will actually happen. Yeah. Uh, so again, the creationism versus evolution debate—that's not really what we're trying to talk about this week—but it is brought up in this mm-hmm. because the idea of the simulation theory, if it are if it is correct, is really a big implication for a creator. Mm-hmm. It's taking all of the all of the the aspects of of why they think this is a simulated world. And attributing it to computers in the future, as opposed to attributing it to a God who created it in this way and Mm -hmm. told us he created it in this way in the book that he created in this way. (laughs) And it really becomes a situation where, like when I was a kid, they called this argument science versus faith. And it's becoming a faith versus faith argument now it's not it's it's science in the idea that we're practicing the art of science to try and figure it out but creationists do the exact same thing and there mm-hmm. are quite a few uh christian or otherwise religious scientists that work in this field that believe there is a connection now some of them believe in the uh like the mingling of the two ideas that God created us, but over a span of millions or billions of years. And, you know, there's there's credence to, to that being a possibility as well. We can't really know. All we can do is try and figure out to the best of our ability. And just like you said, as we're gaining more and more knowledge, they feel like they're going further and further away, but they're actually trying, they're eventually going to circle back to the fact that, yeah, okay, this is created uh-huh. somehow. This had to be, this could not have come into fruition on its own. Right. There's too much perfection. It's kind of the same, they've been kind of doing the same thing with evolution as they do with abortion. For a very long time, the idea of abortion was put out there by saying the notion that it's just a tiny clump of cells. Mm -hmm. And so they simplify everything. We're just organisms. But again, like we talk about the complexity of the human eye, there's so much going on in just this tiny little orb in our brain that had to be 100% perfect to work. How could we have genetically created this if the idea of natural selection and that the survival of the fittest thing is thrown out the window? Mm Mm-hmm. If it's really inherited traits, how would we not just continue to inherit blindness?
2: Hmm.
0: How would this continue to grow into something that eventually works perfectly for every organism on the planet? Right. And so that's the same thing with abortion, of course. It's not just a clump of cells. So much stuff is happening in that tiny little cell. That you're not seeing are those tiny little quote unquote clump of cells there's so much going on so much complexity going on it's bigger than you could ever imagine and yet it's just small but okay. you're offering it's it's the idea of well it's so small it doesn't matter <laughs> and that's how we see the earth compared to the universe we're so small we're so insignificant it doesn't matter compared to the size of the universe when in reality, these small things mean a big deal to God. And so I don't want to tell you how to believe. I don't want to tell you which of these theories is true, or which of these theories is not. <laughs> They're all just theories, and we're never going to have a solid answer uh, as we survive here on this earth. But you'll get a solid answer when you die. That's when we get those answers. So um, don't worry about it so much right now, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. We've put so many weird bugs in your ears and given you so many things to freak out about. And then you and say, the end, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's probably going to be okay.
2: <laughs> don't worry, guys. I am massively eye rolling right now,
0: too. You're not alone. But it's interesting to think about. It it's a lot of really cool stuff to and think about. And it is
2: incredibly head aching. <laughs>
0: Mo's going to go pop a couple of ibuprofen, Yep, <laughs> that's going to do it for our week of looking at the simulation theory and many other theories that stray from the norm about our reality. And while it's fun, or maybe terrifyingly fun, to think about this all being a lamer version of The Matrix, the truth is likely a lot simpler.
2: We're going to take one last break. When we get back, we'll answer and Ask Us Anything question. Stick around! <laughs>
0: here at Love Thy Nerd emphasize thoughtful content. Visit LoveThyNerd.com for amazing articles and a whole network of podcasts and follow Love Thy Nerd on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Love Thy Nerd and twitch.tv slash LTN on air, where you'll find game streams, live podcast recordings, and more exclusive live interactive content. The background Morning shows things are winding down for the day. But
2: first, we're going to answer a question from Twitch.
0: Yeah, so actually, we're going to do actually,
2: two. Actually, we're going to do two. Yeah, actually, we're going to do, <laughs> do, do, do two. two. We're going to actually we're going to do two, two of them. from Twitch.
0: <laughs> Chat will let me roll it back up. Okay, you said that so, I could <laughs> take over the show from here, so I'm just taking over. <laughs> All right. So Ky says must have Thanksgiving side dish, and Gabiggin says best pie for the holidays. holidays. Do we want to just keep it Thanksgiving focused? Just for ease here. The sure. best pie for Thanksgiving and best side dish. Sure. You first.
2: Um, so, the side dish is going to give, it's going to take me a minute to think. Because to narrow it down to just one must have side dish, is going to give me, it's going it's to take a second. But the best pie, hands down, and I'm in the minority, I know, I usually am um, apple pie. Apple pie. It's my favorite. It's my fave.
0: Yeah, you're in the minority.
2: Chris would say cherry pie. It's his favorite.
0: But also not a typical Thanksgiving pie. Nope. Okay.
2: But if we're having pie, we're having cherry pie because it's Chris's favorite with chocolate ice cream. I like apple pie with vanilla ice cream.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to of those. Mm -hmm. But if I had to choose between the two, it'd be cherry.
2: Of course it would. you, (laughs) You disagree with me on everything. Because you're a little no, scared right now. <laughs> I can't help it. That I win, win, win no matter Kinda what. Throw you. All I do is win, win. Take your win, Your water no ma- right
0: here and just pour it. You wouldn't. That would be hilarious. There's We're two. I'm going to take it off your coaster. Take that. There's
2: two. I see. I'm responsible and put my water on my coaster so that I don't mess up the thousands of
0: fancy plastic of a table <laughs> thousands
2: of dollars of equipment you have sitting around me cause
0: uh, I'm a walking disaster alright come on side dish
2: oh I was gonna let you go with your oh, dessert okay,
0: okay my dessert of course classic pecan pie um I don't know of any other pie that says holiday times more
2: what it, what'd you say
0: than the the pecan pie
2: I'm pretty sure you said pecan pie I'm pretty sure
0: he's. Oh, yes. He pecan.
2: See? You see Kaylee in, in the
0: chat? The child. Yes, I see the child with their wrong opinions. She does not have wrong opinions. You don't like pecan pie, Oriole? Just get out. Just leave. My goodness. I don't like. All night with you, Oriel. All night, long. All night. <laughs> yeah, I don't 16's like a child, Kaylee. I'm sorry. 16's a child. She's about to be 17. That's still a child. No. You can't drink. Yes. You can't vote.
2: Nothing. No, No. <laughs> no. She's.
0: Anyways.
2: She, I was going to say, she's just turning 16.
0: Side anyway. dish. Do you need me to go first um, on the side dish?
2: Well, hold up. I really, what's your least
0: favorite pie? My least favorite
2: pie? On the count of three. We'll say it together. Ready? Okay. One, two, three.
0: Pumpkin. Apple.
2: Oh, you were turd. <laughs>
0: It is my least favorite. Pumpkin is just good. I like pumpkin fine. I mean I'll eat it if if it's the only option. Pumpkin fine my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Walk it out! Walk it out, everybody. (sighs) But Apple pie for some reason I just can't I can't get into it.
2: Mm, I love apple pie.
0: That texture is probably the worst texture for me.
2: Oh, but see the apples have to be peeled. You cannot put unpeeled apples. Either in, way. Okay. Well, it's the
0: apple part that.
2: Oh, I love I, it. Like, <laughs> 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 it's apples I don't like.
0: Did I say anything about the peels? No.
2: Well, I mean sometimes. <laughs> um, okay, side dish. Side dish. I. You know what.
0: A lot of people are saying mac and cheese up in here, and that's not wrong.
2: It's not wrong, but I don't if if it if If I don't have mashed if I don't have mac and cheese, then mashed and cheese, (laughs) mashed and cheese. Then I don't feel like I'm actually missing anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's not a specific Thanksgiving thing.
2: So I just gave way of what my side dish is, and it's mashed potatoes and gravy. Have to have them.
0: Also, I guess I wouldn't consider that always just a, a Thanksgiving thing, but then thinking about it, that's the only time we ever make mashed potatoes. <clears throat> <laughs> we never have yeah. mashed potatoes in our house.
2: <laughs> His eyes just...
0: It's just Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I love them. Why don't we have them all the time? They're available all year round. Yeah. It's not like the... The yams that only come in oh, the big I crates love. during Thanksgiving. <laughs>
2: okay, but I love the little frozen patty yams that come in the frozen section. <laughs> they come like six to a container, and they're sliced little yams, and you... Little yams. Shut up, and you <laughs> fry them up with butter and brown sugar. Oh, yum, yum, yum,
0: yum, yum. Yum,
2: yum. <laughs> yum, 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 Anyway, <coughs> uh, mashed potatoes. So we.
0: I like mashed potatoes
2: a lot. Thanksgiving is the only time that we do real mashed potatoes and not mm-hmm, instant mm-hmm, mashed potatoes.
0: Mm-hmm. Peels in or not.
2: Uh, so here's the thing. We always. Question. No, it's really not. <laughs> it's about half and half. But we also put one sweet potato in with I've our russet potatoes. I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good.
0: But do you leave the peels in or not? What's your preference?
2: I like the peels.
0: High five. We're friends again.
2: But my family doesn't, <laughs> so we compromise by doing half the potatoes with the peels and half without, so that I still get.
0: You're you're a true family.
2: Yeah, we are. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. All right. So my favorite side dish. Uh, I've told you about a billion times, and I'm sure yes. I've said it on the podcast a billion times, but it's one that I hated for like 15 years, and then suddenly out of nowhere, and I tried it every year. Every single year I tried it because I wanted to like it because it's my entire uh, wife's family's favorite. It's Ar- Armenian rice.
2: rice. huh.
0: It yep. is white rice cooked in beef bouillon with uh, bacon and onion. It's simple, it's delicious, but for the longest time I hated it and I could not make myself like it and then it just clicked one year and now I love it and I eat as much of it as I can every Thanksgiving. Never heard of it before meeting this family, haven't heard of it anywhere else, nobody I've ever talked to has ever heard of it, Yeah, but it's great.
2: It just really at this point needs to be called Vassar rice because (laughs) that's all it is.
0: Corn pudding? Oh, Oh gosh, I'm sorry. That was a real one. <laughs> I said it out loud, and my brain was like, what is happening? Whoa, is that in our mouth? Don't, don't know. But oh I God.
2: don't think that it's like like putting like you, you're thinking. Right. I have
0: no idea what it is, but it sounds like I'm I want to vomit.
2: Pretty sure that it's like cornbread and then like cream of corn.
0: No, that's worse than what I thought.
2: Oh, see, we make our cornbread with a can of cream of corn.
0: And okay, but that's different because you're cooking it, right? The What I envisioned was okay, pan seen. of cornbread, oh. dump a can of cream corn on top of it. No.
2: <laughs> Maybe.
0: Like jell Oh, not like jell Yeah, okay, I know. Okay, yeah, it, cut took it, me, it took me
2: a uh, minute, to I didn't uh, see the not. I just separation. saw the no, like Jello, o And I was like, oh,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> corn Jell-O.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, I know you haven't heard of what Armenian rice is. Nobody has, but it's yeah. great. You should try it.
2: It is I'll send actually... You the recipe. I should
0: post the recipe. I don't understand why I haven't ever done that before.
2: Yeah. So, <sighs> Oriole says in chat, he's not a fan of corn. And I just got to know, I mean, is it is it because you chew it, you swallow it, you know that you've destroyed it in the digestion process, but... You know when you see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you going with this? (laughs) It it, It magically put back together.
0: (laughs) I'm surprised it's not back on the cob.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One of life's many mysteries. How does it happen? How does it happen?
0: Can I answer, speaking of many mysteries, can I answer one of the world's biggest mysteries? Yes,
2: please do. Okay,
0: what's the laundry mystery that everybody has? Why do you only lose one, one sock? One sock, yeah. You don't. If you lose both socks, you just don't know about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Listen, it's, it is only on the back row morning show that we can throw such truth at you on the regular.
0: Oh uh, You well, are welcome. Well, let's end with our verse for the day. Our
2: verse for the day, speaking of truth, is Isaiah 28, 29. This also comes from the Lord of hosts. He is wonderful in counsel and excellent in wisdom.
0: That's going to do it for our show today. Remember that we are first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNonair.com OnAir.com every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it, and we'll love you forever.
2: And also, the podcast feed will offer a weekly highlight episode focusing on just our main topics for the week for those of you who can't commit to the full three hours a week. And make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Just search for at the Back Row LTN and connect with us.
0: Tune in tomorrow morning for the Back Row Rewind, where we will bring you a classic episode of the Backrow Morning Show. And we will be taking a few breaks over the next couple months. So shows won't be coming in as fast or regularly, but uh, our next new show will be on Thanksgiving day. It's going to be our Thanksgiving day special. It will air during the normal morning show times at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern. And again, at 6 p.m. Eastern at the evening time. Uh, If you would like to be a part of the special episode, then go follow us again at twitch.tv slash LTN on air for when we do our live recording. And that's going to be on Friday, November 19th. This. Twitch special will feature extra content that won't make it to the radio or the podcast uh, and maybe some more Twitch interaction than normal. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, okay. next week, instead of morning shows uh, Monday through Thursday, we're actually going to be airing the, the sessions from LTNCon this year. So each morning, I think you'll have three or four um, three or four of the keynote speaks and the breakout speaks, speeches (laughs) and the breakout sessions uh, airing uh, with music and stuff in between. Um, And I think it'll be all four days before Church Nerds. I can't quite remember, but most of the days, at least the first three days, and that's what you're going to have. And we'll put those on the LTN specials podcast feed as well. So if you miss them in the morning, you can catch those uh, later on. But that's what we're planning on doing next week. And then uh, we'll be airing some back row main shows Monday through Wednesday of Thanksgiving week, leading up to that brand new Thanksgiving special on Thursday. So, that's what that's what's going on these next couple weeks.
2: What's happening around these parts?
0: <sighs> Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd. <laughs>